0: Hello, you are listening to Omnitox Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the a and Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Cezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is a podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is September 7th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future.
1: Chris, it's back to school week. I know it is. This has been a crazy week for me, Anne. Crazy, crazy week. Yeah, My kids went back to school last week, but yours went back this week. Well, my as for those notes, actually, I was on a call with somebody this morning, and they're like, you're in a different place, aren't you? I'm like, yes, I am, because the (laughs) internet is out at my house, Anne. It is completely kaput. Complete shot. I've got Comcast coming. They can't come till Sunday. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull I'm just, my pull whatever I, hair I have left out. I'm, I'm just mean, impressed I'm, you
0: got a hold of Comcast. I mean, I think that should, that should be celebrated as a win immediately. Like no easy like a triumph. Feat, by
1: the way, no. there is no number anywhere visible on their website. At all. When it comes to customer service, like you have to like really figure it out, but it's actually 1-800-XFINITY. So like, it's pretty simple actually when you get right down to it. But uh, yeah, I got the blue banana sweatshirt on here. I'm doing whatever I can to get ready, which, and by the way, yeah, I love any brand that could double for a secret password to a club. Like what's the password? Blue, blue banana. banana. Yeah. Right. Is like that so the name great. of
0: that store yeah, that we went I, to. That was I in think,
1: yeah. Madrid. I think it's blue banana, right? Isn't it? Okay. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. Or I'll you it just up.
0: come up with a very good name for some like adult video entertainment company or something.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Like the, that's the password to a sex ring. Blue banana. <laughs> All right.
0: Oh my god. All right. Should we get
1: this show started, Ad? Before yeah, it goes totally off the rails. I think, totally I think rails? this
0: is already going into a danger zone. So yes. Yes. Let's, yes, let's, let's get pull going. It back.
1: Let's put. Let's get serious, and Let's okay talk retail. But before we do that. I want to tell you all that in the mere blink of an eye, the countdown to the Grocery Ecosystems marquee event is down to a mere 12 days. 12 days, and. This is and when we have to start,
0: this is when we have to start cutting. These are like our Oscars. So Chris, no more carbs, no more, any, yeah. any, no more alcohol. We have to start <laughs> cutting so we can fit into our outfits for grocery I, shop.
1: I actually said that on, I was, I was prepping my interview with the hungry root CEO, which is going to be on the main stage. And he told me I had to try the cookie dough because I just signed up for the service. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to cut weight here. I got 12 days. Yeah. I can't be eating any cookie dough. Yeah. 100%. Oh my gosh. Oh my but, gosh. You know, but to that point, the buzz is absolutely electric. You can see the energy in our voices. Grocery Shop 2023 is primed to continue its legacy of, un- of unveiling trailblazing innovations. And this year is no exception. Today, Grocery Shop unveils its pioneering networking and social activities program. And brace yourself, Ann, because this is your passport to effortlessly navigate and select and plan your networking and social events while you're in Las Vegas for a Grocery Shop. With a wide array of 20 unique events, this program promises an unparalleled experience unlike anything you've seen before. I mean, it does sound pretty damn awesome, man, when you get right down to it, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. This is your opportunity to supercharge your
1: 2023 ROI while immersing yourself in loads of fun. We cannot emphasize this enough. Don't let... The incredible perks that Grocery Shop has to offer pass you by. Now is the time to secure your ticket because it's your final chance to save. Your final chance to save everyone before prices take their last leap tomorrow at midnight. Make your meaningful connections, ignite your business growth, and do it all with the utmost ease at grocery shop. Visit grocery shop.com/slash now to grab your ticket. Only a couple weeks left, folks. Grocery slash omnitalk. All right, Ann. I'm excited. I'm revved yeah, up. I'm sad. I'm not even caffeinated. I stopped drinking caffeine like two weeks ago, too. This is just, this is Chris on natural. All right. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on Shopify integrating with Buy with Prime, Under Armour naming a new chief design officer, mm-hmm. JCPenney's $1 billion turnaround investment plan, Ulta tripling its ship from store locations. But we begin today with news from a retailer that, to my knowledge, and you may you may recollect differently, but to my knowledge, I think it's right. To uh, we're gonna devote today's first headline to a retailer that has
0: never before let off the fast five. I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I could think of might be the uh the cashierless checkout store that they opened, but I don't even know if that's made the fast five. So let's go yeah. ahead, let's do it. Headline number one, Chris. Giant food is planning to start doing receipt checks and to stop selling national brand items as it deals with theft. Take a minute, digest that one. It's a pretty <laughs> big change. So according to Grocery Dive, Sam Silverstein, employees at a giant food location in Washington, D.C. today will start inspecting shoppers' receipts when they leave the store as a supermarket chain tries to, according to giant food spokesperson John Ahrens, quote, mitigate the unprecedented levels of product theft that has become unsustainable for our business, end quote. In addition, the grocer also said that it plans to stop carrying certain national brand health and beauty products to boost the supply of similar private label items it stocks at the store in the coming weeks. Uh, Giant did not specify which national brands it intends to stop carrying at the Washington, D.C. St- D. store, but the Washington Post reported that the brands could include Tide, um we have Schnick noted in the yeah, uh I think in I, the, I think there was a typo they, in
1: the article actually. It I must think have they added. meant
0: Schick because I Schick. did look up Schnick. And let me tell you, <laughs> that's going you if you Google that, make sure you're not at work because it is the title of an adult film. Blue it was Banana. An accident. Blue Banana productions. That's for the After Dark podcast. Um, but it does the brands that they may be removing include Tide Schick, Dove yeah. Degree. Canteen, Colgate, and Advil. Um, and Chris, you know what? We're going to start off real hot today. Oh, yes. Bring it. Bring it. it. This is the A&M put you on the spot question. a would like you to answer this question in addition to your other thoughts on this headline. But a wants to know... How do you anticipate that national brand partners will react to what Giant Foods is doing here? If we don't, their their strategy of, if we don't have it, they can't steal it. <laughs> is this an invitation for manufacturers to start practicing uh, in theft prevention efforts? Sorry, to start participating in theft prevention efforts with their retail partners. We don't have it. They can't steal it. What do you Got think, Chris? It.
1: So is it an invitation to the CBG partners to start participating in the theft, prevention, theft prevention wow that is a that is a that is a great question to start us off today I, I love know. it I love it that's why I love the I love the A&M team so much um my answer to that is pretty matter of factly An God I freaking hope so I think yeah. that's how I would sum this up because I think this headline as we sit back there's been a lot of headlines about shrink but this headline shows that we have hit full full stage problem stage right yeah. full level problem stage with this yeah I mean, you've got this story, you've got the news of, which we didn't even cover on the Fast Five. We talked a lot about it, but you had Dollar General saying they're going to do shrink formats, which is right. the first time I've heard of a shrink format. I don't remember ever talking about that in my career at Target or Gap. Like we had a shrink format. You had shrink tactics, sure. but never a, never a store designed solely for shrink to yes. you know eliminate shrink. And then you've got stories of Walmart putting police stations inside its stores, like, like in Georgia, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. But the capper for me, honestly, and despite all those stories and this, this is the biggest one, but the capper for me is I sent a, I put a, I posted a picture on social media this weekend yeah. uh, that a friend sent me of the body soap aisle at Target in San Jose. It was the, remarkable. The entire aisle was a hundred percent behind glass. Like you could see it dove soap, which was one of the things they they called out of that they're going to remove from the shelves all behind glass. And the post just blew up. It's clearly a hot button issue. But what I, what I care about and, you know, in what we do is coming up with solutions, right? And that's what's interesting about this is I can't fault giant for trying this. You yeah, know, everyone is, it seems like everyone's getting desperate. They're trying something. But yep. if I look into my crystal ball, it's sad to see them doing this. It's sad to see Dove behind glass at a target. But I think we're going to see more of this. And eventually, I think we're going to see retailers start to go the way of Costco,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: According to recent reports, doesn't have a shrink problem because of how it functions, right? So I think you're going to start to see retailers either charging a membership to shop or requiring a credit card scan at entry, similar to how hotels do, where you like pay a fee to stay at the hotel that they're going to give you back later, you know, depending on on what you do in the store in their hotel experience. Same thing could happen in retailers. So I think all indications are pointing to that type of Costco-esque or hotel type experience starting to come about. It won't happen overnight, no way, but we are going to see it over time and if if I'm a betting person, I I that's how I think this is going to play out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I don't have a lot more to add. I think you did a really good job summarizing that. Um I think that controlling the exit, what they're doing here is the best thing that they can do for now. I mean, I think right. that's the best way. You're not you're not putting structures in place to like let people pass to get out. You're you're going to do your best That you can with the people, the individuals that are in the store that can help to try to monitor that and at least set the expectation for the customer, at least until the retailers can start truly investing in the technology that are going to help them operate the stores so that they can prevent shrink and to do that more efficiently and cost effectively. And I, you know, I think I love, I really do love A&M's question because I think it's a really important way to also start to bring the brands into Mm -hmm. this whole conversation because it does impact them. Like the shrink is not just something that Target's responsible for or Walmart or Giant is responsible for. I mean, it comes back to impact everybody in the whole ecosystem. So I think if if the retailers can start to pitch it to their brand partners as not only are some of these investments that you're making in tech in the store to prevent this going to allow you to like Better personalized promos, for example, because once that person walks in, if they're scanning their palm or they're scanning their phone, like, or even their credit card, like, now you know who that yeah, shopper is, which right. you haven't had the de- the the ability right. to know before. And so, I think that there's a way to pitch this smartly to the brands to be like, let's invest in this technology together because it's gonna it's gonna help everybody in this scenario, and also removing that 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 shrink number that's really starting to to grow but the the removal of the products chris like i just have to that seems like overkill to me i mean i don't know what your thoughts are about that but like it seems like there might I, I don't know. Could that be an excuse for something else? Like they're trying to push more own brands, but I, I don't know about that. And I don't know how long that's going to last with some of those brand partners to just be like, we're not selling Tide anymore.
1: Yeah. It's interesting though. Cause those are the products that are, you know, that people want to buy at discounts True. on the marketplaces. Nobody cares about buying the private label brands on the marketplaces. And so you can see why it's going there. And so it it makes me want two things I, that I would say before we move on to the next headline off of what you said, like so it makes me wonder, as some people said to the post on social media too, do we get to the vending machine model too, where those products are available at the retailer, but they're all behind the walls and only available for pickup or delivery or something like that, you know? And 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 but the brands don't want that, and so, so neither you do need the
0: customers. To, yeah.
1: No, and the customers don't really either. And so it actually the second point is it calls to mind like I we go back to Dollar General format idea. Mm-hmm. I can remember when we rolled out, it was called the P Fresh format at Target. Yeah. And, you know, we actually, as the grocery team, when I was working at grocery at that time, we invited all the CPG vendors into Minneapolis and said, we're going to roll out this format to expand fresh food and frozen food to our customers, to the target customer. And we're going to expect you to invest in that with us. Mm -hmm. We're at the same place with this now. So yes, I think shrink formats are something that have to be thought about. And your point about, okay, let's invest in technology that accomplishes many, many things As we're trying to solve this one problem, because we could probably create a better experience along the way too. headline number two, Amazon recently announced the buy with Prime app for Shopify, a new app integration that lets merchants offer buy with Prime via their Shopify store. According to Retail Dive, Prime members who use buy with Prime on Shopify can now access free delivery and easy returns via Amazon's fulfillment network. With the Buy With Prime option, Amazon Prime members can click Buy With Prime on a product's detail page to pay for their purchases using the payment method saved in their Amazon wallets. The two companies will begin offering the service on an invite-only basis to select Shopify merchants, but it will be available for all U.S.-based Shopify sellers who use or want to use Amazon's fulfillment networks by the end of September. And lots of interesting angles to this one. Are you surprised to see these two frenemies link up like this? No.
0: What does this headline indicate to you? You're not interested. No, second week in a row, right? Collaboration is the new competition, Chris. Right. I right, mean, yes. this is a win for everyone in the great mm-hmm. Amazon versus Walmart debate. I think this is a great move for sellers because, number one, it allows them to keep all that product information, promos, taxes, all those things in one Shopify dashboard. It's way, they have way too much going on, especially the smaller businesses, to try to be managing across, you know, multiple platforms to do this. So I think that is huge and is now a go-to. So Shopify now has that benefit of being the most organized, the most like well-loved platform for going online from SMBs all the way up to to enterprise retailers. And then you have Amazon here who is also winning. Like They get more retailers on the Buy With Prime yeah. platform. They have another reason to get more subscribers to Prime because they've got all of these benefits and you can use your Prime benefits across multiple retailers. And, you know, after talking to Jason Del Rey, Chris, this reminded yeah. me... Of when we talked to him and we read his book and you, I never realized until reading his book, like just how quick the tit for tat is in the oh, media yeah. with Walmart and, and Amazon, because Walmart came out the same week talking about like, we've got all these new features to enhance our marketplaces for sellers, right. like but but right. not nothing of real substance in there. I think this is a huge, huge win for, for Amazon, for buy with prime and for Shopify and all of the sellers that are on that platform. But what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I, you know, my, my quick take is, and then there's some interesting things that happened overnight too, but like my, my quick take is Amazon can't do Shopify, you know, that nope. ship has sailed, you know, or that train has sailed, whatever movie that's from. But, you know, but what it can do, like you said, it can take a cut from what Shopify is doing. And in so doing give their prime customers who aren't hunting and pecking on Amazon you know, who are kind of more in that browse discovery stage via social media, most often more conferences in the purchases they're making. And I think that makes sense. And in fact, Dan, I have been duped so many goddamn times now by ads for what are eventually crappy products on social media that I think I'm going to plan to start using the buy with prime option as like another test of legitimacy, right? That's
0: a really good point. Yeah, because it, yeah, you know where to go.
1: Yeah. If it's there, I know that it's a real thing. It's available. Amazon's been selling it for a while, you know, is part participating in its its selling activities. But the other crazy thing about this, Anne, I don't know if you saw this, but Flexport CEO, former Amazon executive Dave Clark, also is out after yeah. like a year. And, you know... And and then they were provide you know, they had bought the delivery services from Shopify and there's that whole connection. So now you wonder if this is, if Amazon's going to start getting into bed with Shopify on that angle, since it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Flexport's not going to be able to do it. So Deliverer, remember that was that whole story, yep. but, yeah but uh, so yeah. And Rick Watson has a great po- uh, post on this too, on LinkedIn. You guys should check it out. Rick Rick does awesome content each and every week on social media. He's a great follow.
0: All right, Chris, let's move on to headline number three. Under Armour has named John Barbados its new chief design officer. According to Chain Store Age, Barbados, who started consulting for the brand earlier this year, will oversee the design studios in New York, Baltimore, and Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon.
1: Wow. Oh those Oregon people are pissed off.
0: I know. I'm <laughs> they sorry. They that. Oh, my I'm God. Sor- sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. It ha- it's sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so he will also lead the creative design and direction of the company's full portfolio across apparel, footwear, and accessories. Orvedos joins Under Armour following decades of experience with brands that include Polo, Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, and Converse. He is credited with creating the boxer brief at Calvin Klein. Ooh. And is perhaps best known. I didn't known know that. For his rock and roll influenced namesake menswear brand, John Varvatos, with which he is no longer involved, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Mr. Varvatos uh, taking it up at at Under Armour a Oregon? Yeah,
1: well, this is where I'm going to be the contrarian me. You know that you know in okay. a lot of ways I'm famous for, uh, but I I actually don't like this move. Um, really? I'm go- yeah, I'm going against the grain intentionally. I think I think this move smells of a new CEO like you know, Under Arm has in Stephanie Linertz. Uh, And it smells of a move that someone would make when your only experience prior to taking over an apparel retailer is 25 years at Marriott International. And I think years at another hotel uh, before that. Um, so, you know, it's the move of hire the big name guy, try to juice the mm-hmm. brand. But at the end of the day, the other part of the story that's interesting to me is, dude is 68 years old, and I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not trying to be ageist, but... So there's no telling. I mean, just with that, you have no telling how much juice he has left. But at most, what does he have? Ten years. So, like, what happens after that? Like, so it seems like it doesn't seem like a really effectual move. It seems like the sign of having a CEO at the helm that doesn't understand what apparel and retail and retailing particularly is all about. Now, with that said, I do love I do love whenever Ken Pilot wears his John Varvatos jacket. Whenever we see him at NRF in New York, so shout out to Ken. But I don't know, you probably like this though, don't you? I think you love this story. You know,
0: I, I do like it. Do you, um, really? I think Gap should, I think this is what Gap should have been doing. I mean, I think you need someone who your design team can look up to, who customers a name customers might recognize to get them interested in the brand again. I mean, I think even if he is only there for 10 years, I still think he'll give his unique fashion and industry point of view to make Under Armour be differentiated a little bit in the market. I mean, there's. I don't think it's going to move them into a number one position to really compete with the Nikes and Lululemons. But I do think that I, I'll be excited to see what he comes up with. And he's already been producing some products. So I assume we'll start to see some of the the influence that he's had on the design team in the coming lines. But I think you know you you really do need to make yourself stand out especially like they're talking about in this article as people are are wearing this product more um daily not just for exercise wear which under armour is synonymous with so i think you know it, the proof will be in the pudding it'll we'll have to see what the actual clothing looks like and just how much influence he's had on it but i think it could be really cool to kind of have that design edge to the under armour apparel that makes me go to under armour for something mm. um to discover in that category out, you know outside of my typical lululemon or nike. See so, I, I'm going to I'm going like to
1: push it. back on you based on something you sure. told me yesterday which I didn't yeah. know. I mean I kind of knew we talked about it but I didn't know the full story but I see I still think it's a I think it's a retread. I think it's going back to a retread, you know, idea or brand here in a lot of ways in who he is but like you know you talked about you know how Jenna Lyons came to be at, at J Crew, mm-hmm. you know? She was like coming out of design school and then worked at J Crew and, and and made her chops and just made it known that she was good at what she did and Mickey saw that and you know gave her a lot of power in defining what that brand was like i got to imagine that there's people out there like that that mm-hmm. could could you do the same thing for a lot less money probably too and could potentially get a lot more tailwind behind their back i don't know that's just my take this feels like this feels like a retread idea to me
0: could be i mean but under Armour's been around for how long, and and what what is unique about Under Armour? What's getting you to go buy that product? I I don't know that there is something, so I think it's it could be worth a shot. Um, and and like I said, it's it's definitely going to come down to how is the product differentiated. If it's not, then I agree with you. This was not a smart move. But well, I, I mean. And,
1: well- and what's unique is we must protect this house three. Did you read that article? Like that's their new oh, like God. brand campaign. We must protect the house three. Like I'm like okay fine yeah three, whatever yeah
0: three point all right this is well, yeah not gonna yeah. not gonna help
1: right? you I know kind of yeah I know right seems like kind of a retread too. All right headline number four. This one's fun too. J.C. Penney's has announced a one billion dollar turnaround plan. According to Retail Dive, the department store will invest in digital capabilities, in store upgrades, including tech and merchandising, and supply chain improvements. And its plans also entail boosting the retailer's appeal through inclusive and affordable merchandising, customer service, and local community engagement. All the things you would expect to see in a $1 billion improvement plan. Well, mostly expect to see, I should say. And yeah, this is a fun question. I actually like this question. I came up with you for this. So I came up with for you for this. Um, if you had a billion dollars, would you yes. invest it in JC JCPenney's?
0: Uh, that would not be my first personal <laughs> investment. No. Um, Let's say you got a
1: billion dollars to throw around at many speculative investments. Would you? No, would you invest I in still it? would not do it. I um, don't think this is a good investment then. No,
0: but for but the Penny's shareholders
1: of JCPenney's.
0: JCPenney's putting up this money themselves. And I think it's a great idea. I mean, if you're going to invest in a turnaround, this is how you should do it. Macy's, Listen up, pay attention. I'm still not sure that JCPenney's can make a comeback. I will caveat that. I agree with one of the commenters in the article who's like there's still a relevancy problem for JCPenney. I I agree with the next generation. Like I think there's still more you have to do, but I think they are making the right investments in inventory accuracy, enhancing point of sale, associate tools, like improved mobile app experiences for your guests. Like all of that are crucial pieces to a turnaround, developing the foundation so that when you do start to bring in relevant brands, you do start pushing new customers to your store, you are going to give them an experience at JCPenney that they have never had before. So I think that is really, really important. The second thing that I love about this, especially again, if you contrast this with what we're seeing Macy's do, I mean, Neil Saunders just put out some amazing photos of some tours to Macy's And, you know, Macy's is going there. They just are dropping the market at Macy's to just call it, you know, the market. Like, or on 34th, these brands, like a turnaround is not... Dependent on branding. It should not be a branding exercise. It has to be what JCPenney is doing here. And that's investing in the, the technology, the, the infrastructure that's really going to make your brand function from, you know, supply chain all the way down to, you know, the interactions with your customers. So I, I would not invest in them, Chris. That wouldn't, I would not put up my own money, but I do think that this is really smart. But would you? So, so
1: let me ask you. So do you think the share? Let me ask you point blank. Do you think the shareholders are right to approve this plan then, or no? Would you not yeah. approve this? Yeah. Yes. You do. Okay. Yeah. All right. yep, that was what sure. I was trying to get at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I don't know. I think you you can turn around a brand through creative advertising. You know, DeWalt's the perfect case study for that. But uh, but I think the point that you're making is smart because like the what you don't see in this announcement is all the whiz bang stuff. You know, mm-hmm. which which you called out Macy's, which Macy's is famous for that, right? Yeah. And so I actually think from a shareholder perspective, this could have good returns. And I say that for two reasons. One, this company, believe it or not, still does seven and a, over $7.5 billion a year. Mm. How many brands would like to have a relevancy problem with that type of volume?
0: Yeah, That's right. kind of it's insane true. when
1: you think about it. And they still are profitable. They had net income of $220 million last year. So regardless of what we say, I still think it's a dying business. But there's still an audience for department stores. like People are still shopping at them, which brings Mm -hmm. me to my second point. And it goes along with what you're saying too. I said on this podcast when he was hired that I love the hire of Mark Rosen. I love that they made that hire because he's a longtime head of e-commerce at Levi's. He's a longtime retail guy. I co-presented with him at a uh, Women's Wear Daily Conference in New York. I think it was back in 2015. And the guy gets it. He gets Mm -hmm. channel Retailing, what it's about at his core. So if I'm going to bet on who's going to steal share in the department store space, mm-hmm. Macy's, which is going off mall for some god unknown reason under Jeff Gannett and his whoever successor is going to be, which they've named which I can't remember his name, or a refurbished JCP under Rosen, mm-hmm. I'm going with the latter. 100% mm-hmm. I'm going with the latter. I wouldn't even give a second I wouldn't even give it a second thought because the guy gets army channel retailing to a degree. We've seen Jeff Gannett talk on stage. The guy doesn't get it. So yeah. there's share to be had across yeah. what it is essentially I mean who else is out there Macy's and um and uh, JCPenney's now at this point right
0: Mhm yeah but in most in most malls for sure I mean you have Nordstrom and yeah. Bloomingdales and some I mean, of We got the Yonkers A-mall, hanging but, out there some mm-hmm.
1: regional you know department stores but like yeah, yeah. and he's going to do smart upgrades too because he understands what's required to succeed in the omnichannel environment at least that's my opinion
0: Well we'll see Chris won't we We will see Uh, Let's go to headline number five and close it up here. Uh, We ended with Sephora last week, and this week we are ending with Ulta. According to Supply Chain Dive, Ulta Beauty has expanded its ship from store capabilities to 276 new locations, which represents a sharp jump from the 115 Ulta stores that fulfilled e-commerce orders as of January 28th. In addition, Alta has also expanded same-day delivery availability to essentially all of its 1,362 stores, a service which it also coordinates through DoorDash. Chris, what do you think about Alta now expanding the ship-from-store capabilities?
1: Yeah, the ship-from-store capabilities. Always hard to say. Um, They're on a hot streak. Alta's on a hot streak of late. Uh, I think it's another great move from them. But... um, but again, with a caveat, like kind of like last week with Sephora, you know, you know, bookending the the show two weeks in a row um, with the beauty retailers or ending the show with the two beauty retailers. Um, they're going to have to watch the inventory accuracy issues that come with this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I worry that a year from now, we're going to be hearing about shrink at Ulta too. Um, okay. Because a hundred stores, you know, yeah, yeah, you could, you could do this the shrink impact might go unnoticed it might not even be watched that closely because you're watching other elements of the product project rollout yeah. but 400 out of 1300 stores then the impact's not going to be hidden right and so i'm curious if you get a sh- you start causing a shrink problem that you know exacerbates the issues because i still don't think we understand that fully across retail going back to headline number 1 2 how much is theft and how much is really just shrink from bad operations and bad inventory accuracy as well
0: that's a great call out. and I I think in mine I just assume that they've put some some plans in place, some foundations in place to support expanding this now to 400 stores, which I believe like you know not only helps their ship from store, but I think will also help to inform other areas of the store, uh, better informed inventory, like data pulls for future integrations with companies. Um, outside of, of their current partnership with, uh, DoorDash, especially when you look at, you know, Sephora, they're one of their biggest competitors who's partnered with Lucky, you know, to help understand like what inventory is in which store. And if I'm going to, if, you know, if I'm a person that's coming from TikTok from a Charlotte Tilbury ad and I want to go pick up something, like I need to know what inventory is in what store. And so I think for me, it creates hopefully what Alta is hopefully doing here. One of those, like once you built the road, how many cars can you get on it scenarios? So, you know, if Mm -hmm. they're really doing this the right way, this, they're now better suited to support their DoorDash business, you know, delivery, same day delivery from store. They're better suited for their own ship from store. Mm -hmm. And they're also, you know, hopefully preventing shrink from happening at all of these stores. Once they have a better eye on who's, who's in the store, what products are leaving, where the products are at. And then other other things down the road, I think that it'll prepare them for like uh, smart store integrations, real time pricing, promotions, things like that. Um, if they if they laid the right foundation for this, which you bring up a great question. Like this happened pretty quickly, just from you know January to now. So was that enough time to really put those things in place? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're bringing up a good point because it's not—it's not a reason. What I brought up is not a reason not to do it. It's a reason right. to put in place the systems, surround sound systems that enable you to talk to your customers about it. Hence the yep. lucky, the lucky, you know, concept that you talked about—the lucky advertising platform that you know helps retailers connect to their consumers. And then, of course, also like the assets protection technology that can come into play here as well. That's really smart. All
0: right, let's go to the lightning round, Chris. Uh, question number one for you is. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is now a movie, and just broke box office presale records, selling twenty six million dollars on the first day that ticket sales went live. That's just for AMC theaters, not for all of the theaters. Just at oh, AMC, oh wow, $26 I didn't know that. Twenty six million dollars wow. in ticket sales. Um, wow. Chris, I made a post on LinkedIn uh, last week, and I set the over under at one billion dollars in box office revenue. Are you gonna take the over or under of whether or not T Swift will hit over a billion dollars in uh, in box office revenue oh, from the movie?
1: I mean, given that you just said that's just AMC, I think I'm taking the over. I mean, yeah, the, the love for this woman is insane. It's so it's it's insane on the level that I haven't seen since Trader Joe's haters of me <laughs> on on LinkedIn. That that so yeah, I'm I'm definitely taking the over. All right, it's September, so wake me up when September ends, and and okay. therefore, it's a long time. There's yeah, still have a right. lot of days left. Right. what well, wake me up when it ends, Ann. and And to that point, is Green Day on your Spotify playlist? Where does Green Day sit with you in the oh, bands?
0: Absolutely. Dookie, really? was the, Dookie was the first CD oh. I put in my Sony boombox. I think I was in eighth grade when I got that. Really? Seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. I'm really? a big I, Green Day's Day is one of those bands that doesn't get enough credit for how long they've been on the scene and and the quality of of music that they've been able to put out for several years. Billy Joe is like, what, 60 now or something? Uh, Yeah, he's getting old. He's getting up there. Yeah. I don't know if he's that old, but yeah, he's getting up there for sure. It's not um, his birthday today either. <laughs> I <know> oh, that. <laughs> we'll, we'll look it up. We'll look it up and see. Um, Chris, question number three: Airbnb is tightening restrictions in New York City, and they have eliminated a large portion of available rentals in the city, citing that they bring unwanted noise, trash, and danger to the community. If you were to Airbnb your home, what would be your top three house rules to avoid these things?
1: Oh man, I'm going to take a page out of Chad Lust's book from a couple of weeks ago. I think number one. No dogs, number 2, no dogs, number 3, no dogs in that order and that's what I would say. Noted. Noted. <laughs> and this one's funny too. A Delta flight was diverted back to Atlanta on its way to Barcelona due to a biohazard issue, which if you haven't heard this story, you're going to want to read it because it's very entertaining but it's also quite quite disgusting. What oh is your God. most memorable airborne biohazard issue?
0: I don't know. I need to like swallow the vomit that just came up as you were talking about this. Um, somebody the- put somebody sent me the Twitter
1: video of somebody on the flight and I immediately Stop watching! I'm like, no, no, I'm not watching this. Oh, I forced you shut it down. In so time.
0: disgusting! So disgusting. Um, the closest thing I could think of was being on a very long flight that the air was not functioning, and mm. I was sitting next to someone who mm. maybe hadn't applied deodorant ever in their lives, and it the body odor for me, you know, in the bog of eternal stench, body odor is number one, garbage is number two, and sewage is number three. Um, I I can handle almost anything except for body odor it's so bad and that was definitely a biohazard um uh, and that right, was I just forgot. one individual
1: i forgot i always get reminded of that whenever we take the tube in london yes the yeah. extreme aversion to body odor all right on that extreme aversion of body odor note happy birthday today to julie kavner corbin bernson and the well-known german long distance runner Uta pippig because let's be honest and track e- track athletes just need more love mm-hmm. Especially long-distance runners from Germany. And remember, if you can read or if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk, Talk—the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top ten U.S. retailer and two people who absolutely love doing what they do. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news, and our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day, and also features special content exclusive to us. And we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. So until next week, and on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be
0: careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The a and Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at Firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omnichannel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to SPSCommerce.com. And Cezzle Sezzle is an innovative buy-now-pay-later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.